The Armchair Illini Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best online ticketing site you can find. Why? Well, because it pulls from every other available ticketing site to give you the best price possible. There's no need anymore to check out 10 different ticketing sites to find the deal you're looking for. SeatGeek basically does all of that for you. Not only that, but SeatGeek has a value system sorted by color to let you know if you are actually getting a good deal on your tickets or not. You can sort by best value, lowest price, and more. Now here's the best part. If you use code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Attend your next unforgettable sporting event or concert by checking out SeatGeek today. Again, use promo code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, and get $20 off your first order. They're holding their breath in champagne. They'll let you know. Peters on the roll. That's what I expected. Looking for the end zone. Throwing. It's caught. Daniel Parker. Touchdown. We're just going to kind of react to this uh, this victory, uh, this twenty four to three victory for the Illini over Virginia. Um, it's going to be a pretty casual conversation. If you want to speak and get your two cents on the game in here, just uh, request to speak, and we'll bring you up here. But um, yeah, Illinois is two and one, which needed to happen. But Alex, any big takeaways for you from the game? That was better than last week, you know. Um... I think, man, it's 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 kind of bittersweet because it wasn't that pretty. But then again, I'd rather have this than that forty-eight minute terror that was last week. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, defense is great. I don't I don't think there's anything that we don't know already. The defense is pretty solid. Um, you know, offense is going to give you a chance, but um, still a lot of things to clean up, and the kicking game is pretty worrisome. Yeah, absolutely. There's there were a lot of uh, moments throughout the game where I thought Illinois was gonna, you know, run up the score, and they couldn't punch it in the red zone time and time again, which kind of hurt their blowout, a true blowout, um, like forty point win or something like that, something ridiculous, um, that didn't come to fruition. And obviously, the offense four turnovers in the first half. Um, if you want to go back to the Indiana game, um, and two and four quarters, basically the second half of the Indiana game. And then the first half of this game, you know, seven, eight turnovers. Uh, it's just a lot, um, especially for a Brett Bielema team that, you know, he very much prides himself on having teams that don't make mistakes that, you know, play fundamentally very sound. Uh, but, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's been kind of all over the place, but uh, the special teams touchdown, I, I do think kind of got, got their mojo going a little bit after, you know, DeVito threw this, a pick on the second play of the game. Um, but overall, you know, like you said, happy to have a win. Um, you know, people say it's better to learn from a win than from a loss. It just feels better um, than, than – And than when, he, when he threw that interception, I was like, ah, oh, great. Here we go. Yep. But um, – and then they – Virginia kind of did some stupid things. It was kind of an exchange of just stupid stuff um, for the first quarter – and then, like you said, once the special teams got that touchdown, um, I think it kind of loosened us up a little bit. Um, you know, we came out pretty tight. 
especially with that interception on the second play and then obviously the fumbles and drop passes was it, it was it was looking pretty pretty bad and then kind of like you said we had a lot of opportunities to get there and then um, you know the Pat Bryant fumble was kind of kind of frustrating uh, two missed field goals you know so um, definitely left a lot of points on the board but again a, a win is a win and then next week should more or less be the same thing um, I believe we play Chattanooga um, yep. or actually pardon so I think we get like a bye week yeah next week we're off and then um, we were talking about this on a previous episode uh, the game is Thursday night 730 September 22nd against Chattanooga I don't know why I I feel like maybe it will be half the half the turnout of the Virginia game even though the Virginia game wasn't even that big of a turnout it's kind of a weird time for sure Thursday night yeah um, I don't really know the reasoning behind that uh, especially against an opponent like Chattanooga so We'll see, but, you know, again, a, a win's a win. Man, if we just won last week, like... The, the know, vibes would be so good right now. 3-0, 3-0, but, you know... The vibes would be immaculate. Literally. Like, 3-0, going into Chattanooga, have a chance to go 4-0, and then, um, you know, Wisconsin's going into that Wisconsin that. game. Obviously, you know, you never know. Iowa doesn't really look that good. They scored, like, maybe like 12 points all season. Um, and then you could have had a chance to pick them off at home. So um, yeah, definitely a missed opportunity, but we'll take it. So, you know, we had Preston Willett uh, on here. He covers Virginia and I think he predicted Virginia to win by 10 points. Um, and I just thought Virginia looked horrible. Um, like genuinely like really bad um, on almost every side of the ball. Uh <laughs> Offense, defense, special teams, you name it. I thought Virginia looked really bad. And I don't know if that's what they'll look like all year. Um, but I was not expecting that, especially after our preview, um, you know, this earlier this week. Yeah, I don't – like, what happened? Because I remember last year, um, you know, they that quarterback threw for about 500 yards. Literally, not even an exaggeration. Yeah. I think it was somewhere in the 400s for sure. Five and touchdowns, then, I think, too, or something like that. Yeah, and then – Today, I mean, I think the offensive line obviously was different for him, and then he lost that tight end that was like six foot nine and just like trucking people. Um, so I think that had something to do with it, but still, it was pretty, pretty um, different. My favorite part, I don't know if you noticed, was the coach just like screaming at him after like anything bad happened on mm-hmm. the sideline, and then just like continuously, like it was like Brad Underwood in the first two years where he's just like yelling at players like in their face. So that was pretty fun to see. But, um, yeah, totally different than last year. And I think that's why a lot of us predicted, um, especially you and me, predicted that Illinois would lose the game. But they looked so different compared to last year. Um, So I guess that worked out really nicely because last year was just painful. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought as far as we've talked pretty negatively about a win so far. But, um, you know, as far as some really cool things. Yeah, as far as some really cool things I thought that stuck out, um, you know, getting the tight ends involved in the offense, I thought was a was a huge welcome uh, change. Uh, it was really cool to, to see a, t- a tight end catch a touchdown pass, a couple of touchdown passes, and just to see them more involved, look forward, more involved. I think he had like four or five catches early, which was cool to see. Um, and I, thought, I just thought that was uh, a cool wrinkle. Um, to Barry Lunny's offense. Also, Tommy DeVito completed a pass further than 10 yards down the field. Also a huge, a huge bonus. 
um, that that pass to to Pat Bryant down there towards the end zone was really awesome. Uh, so some really good developments, but on the offensive side, there's still a lot that they really need to clean up. Um, red zone efficiency, I think, is one of my biggest concerns uh, heading forward uh, for the, for the rest of the season. Um, you know, I the the uh, the fumble, Pat Bryant's fumble near the one yard line, uh, missing uh, field goals, and it, it was just. They need to get better uh, at that end of the field, but uh, hopefully that that comes with with time, week to week. But that's definitely a huge concern for me going forward. But today didn't ultimately matter because they were able to make big plays elsewhere. Yeah, they definitely they just don't have that guy that can just go up and get it. So they don't have one. They don't have that long receiver or that guy that can win those fifty fifty balls. Um, you know. Thinking about Matter Bebe a couple years ago, they just don't have that guy. So that means DeVito has to be super, super accurate with his throws. And he just really isn't the most accurate touch passer, to be honest. So I think that's part of the reason why the red zone um, has stalled out a little bit. I think using the tight ends may benefit them a lot more. But um, And then thinking to what Isaiah Williams can do, he's not really that guy that can... He's not a long, wide receiver that can really just get in the end zone. He's more of an open field guy. And then, you know, teams know that Chase Brown is definitely going to get it at least once or twice, you know. So um, red zone is, is, is tough. And then on top of that, you know, you, you really can't rely on your kicking at all. Um, I get worried even if he kicks like a 25-yarder. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's pretty worrisome. I know they had a punter visiting today. The punting's not that great either. Um, Hugh Robertson. I mean, you kind of had high hopes for him because he's Australian, and so is Blake Hayes. But then, um, you know, one of his punts was like 30 yards. And then the two against Indiana last week, I think, like, hit popcorn vendors in the head. So um, <laughs> not too not too pleased with the kicking unit. And um, it's definitely going to bite us in the butt. It's going to come down to one game. where I know it happened at Indiana where we had to make the field goal, and he did. Good, good for him. But it's going to come to a point where we need it to, like, it's going to be, like, one second left you know, kick the field goal to win and it just like goes into the student section or something. Yeah, like, I, I, just, mean, I just I, know. Yeah. I mean, as if like the Indiana loss couldn't get worse, but like we didn't take advantage of the Caleb Griffin made a 40 plus yard field goal game. And we <laughs> the one time. And that's just looking back in retrospect already. That's like, ah, I really wish we could have had that one back. But yeah, but I think they know that I know there's a punter, that's visiting today, and then I know in their recruiting class right now, they have a five-star kicker that's committed from Naperville North. So they definitely know there's a deficiency there. Um, so, you know, hopefully – I think we got spoiled with how good James McCoy oh, and Blake Hayes were. Yeah. They were just – and they were super seniors. They stayed for like six years, and they were just very, very stable. So um, definitely took them for granted because I didn't realize how, how great they are, especially, especially James McCourt. Absolutely. Yeah, and um... – more positives, obviously the big positive, as has been the positive all year. Um, the defense, Ryan Walters on the defense, is just unreal. Um, they made an offense that put 500 yards up on them last season uh, look silly today and looked like they didn't have any answers. I know I saw some Virginia people tweeting that a lot of Virginia's offensive play design and schemes were really weird and really off um, from last year and weren't putting their – uh, playmakers in great positions to get the ball. Um, but anytime you can hold an offense like Virginia that we know was good last year, 
uh, to three points. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. So just uh, more more hats off to Ryan Walters and his crew, and I really hope the offense and and the special teams comes around so that uh, we don't we don't waste this defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean the run defense has been spectacular throughout three games, and then today the pass rush was really really good. Um, obviously, you saw Zeke Holmes starting outside linebacker go down, but um, the true freshmen, both of them. Yeah, Gabe Akis was great. Newton and Randolph did their thing. And then I think Steph, Seth Coleman definitely stepped it up a little bit. Um, and then the secondary, you just when, – when Witherspoon went down, I was like, okay, God, that, that, that could be bad because there's not a lot of depth behind them. But um, I think those guys do their thing. Um, Witherspoon is just – an animal. I I guess it's like a double-edged sword because sometimes he did the guy just like talks like the entire time. Oh, <laughs> it's like really cool to see. Like do, it's, do it's you funny. know what the what the temperature was in Champaign today? I wasn't I wasn't in town. Uh I mean so a couple hours north in the suburbs it's about like 85ish. Um so, so it's, it's not hot. that yes, yeah, so it's hot, but it's not crazy hot. I know it's a little humid because of the rain. Um but yeah, I, I tweeted about it. How there was like the at least were crazy today. At Holy least cow. I think there was one like in every like major player. Like Chase Brown had one. Pat Bryant, um, Devin Witherspoon had one. Casey Washington, I think. Um, I know. I know they took out Julian Pearl too. I noticed that he really didn't look that good beginning of the game. So um, the guys need to stay healthy because there's not a ton of depth, especially you know at the um, looking at the running backs, looking at the the DBs. You know, if Witherspoon goes down, like it's kind of it's kind of cooked. So um, definitely can't afford to to have any of those guys go down with injury. No, absolutely. Um, any other uh, positive takeaways for for you from this game? You know, I think getting a win and making sure that you're because I think a lot of people would have been like, okay, three and one is decent enough. Obviously, ideally, the the opportunity to go four and zero was there, but I think if you told some people, hey, 3-1, and one, especially given what Virginia did to us last year, I think people kind of expected this game to be the one that we drop. Um, but going with the chance to go 3-1, and one, obviously next week, or that Thursday night game is a different story. But I think being 3-1 and one, going into Wisconsin, who actually lost today, um, you know, quite a bit of upsets around, around the town today. Um, Wisconsin lost to Washington State, I believe it was 17-14. to 14. Um, at home, which was cool to see because I hate Wisconsin. And then Iowa, like I said, has looked pretty mediocre. I mean, Iowa versus Wisconsin is going to be the boringest game of the century. Um, and then looking at a game like Nebraska, you definitely can win. Minnesota, Purdue, um, Northwestern looks awful. So um, those are some games that are that are there. So six wins, that's all I ask. You know, yep. not rocket science. Yeah, absolutely. I have been thinking about the you know, today's game and the last two games and really trying to figure out how much have we learned and how much can we learn. I think, you know, Chattanooga, there's not much that's to be learned from that game. Hopefully it's a pretty straightforward, take care of business, get out of there um, with, with a W and hopefully by a significant margin and look to Wisconsin. But I'm, I'm still kind of racking my brain around like, how bad was Virginia? How bad is Indiana? And how bad's Wyoming? <laughs> and try to figure out, okay, like what's legit and what's not still a few weeks into the season. Um, you know, because I don't think Virginia is as good as we thought they were going to be. Um, I don't. Indiana, Indiana was, not was not good. 
um, Wyoming might be awful. So, like, trying to figure out from these first four games how much can we learn before Big Big Ten play gets here. And I think it'll be super interesting to see what happens uh, when we do play Wisconsin, when we do play Iowa, Purdue, go down the line, teams that are clearly, like, competent, um, and to see how this team reacts to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the good thing about the basketball schedule this year is you'll definitely know early on, you know, what you have. Uh, not to kind of get too deep into that rabbit hole, but, you know, they play teams like UCLA, uh, Texas, they play Syracuse. You know, these are all legitimate comp- uh, squads that you can gauge your team against. These are definitely not. And like you said, um, I think Virginia is going to be pretty bad, um, especially given what they look like today. You can only score three points, um, you know, against us. That's, I mean, obviously credit to Ryan Walters, but that's not good. And then Indiana, I was not impressed. I mean, Illinois had that game and kind of pooped down their legs. So um, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head. I don't think we'll know until we play Wisconsin, unfortunately, um, you know, in a true road environment. Um, obviously, Indiana was a road environment, but this is kind of a step up playing at, you know, one of the more premier college football environments in the country. So I think that game against Wisconsin, October 1st, will tell us a lot. And from that point on, you know, we'll really know what we got. But I think, yeah, if you could just, like, keep the next game stress-free, have Art Sikowski come in in, like, the third quarter, um, you know, have one of the freshman running backs play instead of Chase Brown, I'd, I'd be a very happy guy. So, Oh, for sure. I, I agree with you. Like, Wisconsin, that'll be the first test. It would be so sick to come back home against Iowa 4-1. and one. And, You know, obviously before the season we thought that one loss would be Wisconsin. Uh, but, man, 3-2 and two just doesn't have the same, you know, the same weight and, and good vibes to it that 4-1 and one would. But I will get over the Indiana loss someday uh, in the future. But. It's like, yeah, it's like that <laughs> basketball game where we lost, like, Maryland at home or something or, like, Ohio State. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah, one game yeah. that like kind of costs you. So that's what that felt like. But I don't know. It, it, I'm just glad it was a pretty stress-free after the first maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, I yeah, it was like what 21-3, like basically like as the second quarter started. Yeah. So when you're getting mad that you're not getting touchdowns to make it of like a four-score game, that's when yeah. you know you know it's a successful day. Oh, and absolutely. And then seeing Notre Dame lose, uh, Texas A and M lost. So. Hopefully Michigan loses. I don't think they will. But Wish Alabama would have lost. They should have. Man, yep. I mean, poor guy. I mean, that, that kid was balling at the beginning. I know he has kind of a weird haircut, but um, pretty good stuff from that game too. So, And Northwestern lost. Northwestern, I think, in lost in pretty fashion. hilariously fashion. I think they fumbled at the one-yard line. Sure did. Um, so that was cool to see too. So, And I think Iowa lost. I'm not too sure. I think they were losing. Yeah, there's a lot of chaos today. Luckily, Illinois wasn't a huge part of that, though. The football has been a little chaotic over the last couple of weeks. It's something that we hope gets cleaned up uh, heading into Chattanooga and the games beyond as we look to play more, you know, Brett Bielema-style football that hasn't really been there um, these last few weeks. It's been really a little more that. chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Cut down on the turnovers, score some points in the red zone. And uh, I think they'll be in just fine shape. And they should do that against Chattanooga. I'm not really that worried about it. But 
Wisconsin's coming up here in the next few weeks as well. So hopefully they clean some things up and, you know, start to look a bit more like the Brett Bielema team that we thought they would be. Agreed, man. I, I, I can't look. Can't wait for the day where you can stop tweeting like kind of the sarcastic. Oh, where's the where's the Brett Bielema style of football that we were yeah. told about? So one day, man. Oh, absolutely. It's just funny because he's like you know very much in, oh, football in press conferences and is like this is the way we're going to play and this is how I want our teams to be and then they're just like not close to that. <laughs> <laughs> you're starting to you're starting to call Brett on some some BS here. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> I think they'll get it cleaned up. It's just, you know, when you're kind of rebuilding a program a little bit, you've got to teach guys how not to lose. You know, it took Brad Underwood a little while to do that, to figure that out on the basketball side of things. You know, how do you get out of your own way when all you know is getting in your own way for the past, you know, several years? So I think uh, it'll take time. I think they'll get there. But uh, early in the season, just some some really dumb stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you need a kicker. In, in a punter. Yeah, special teams could use boost. But the touchdown was great today. It was, yeah. Matthew Bailey, another true freshman who who balled out today with an interception as well. Yeah, that's very so. cool. Well, thank you all for listening in to our uh, Virginia reaction. I uh, just wanted to come and talk with you all a little bit about the Illinois win. Uh, they're now 2-1 and one on the season, and they play Chattanooga in about 10 days. Hopefully that's an easy dub, and they can look on to Wisconsin. Uh, I think the 6-6 six and six season is back on track, hopefully. Um, after the loss last week to Indiana. And hopefully this team can look forward uh, to the next few games, clean some stuff up, um, and get ready for for the Big Ten season ahead. So thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace out. The Armchair Illini Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best online ticketing site you can find. Why? Well, because it pulls from every other available ticketing site to give you the best price possible. There's no need anymore to check out 10 different ticketing sites to find the deal you're looking for. SeatGeek basically does all of that for you. Not only that, but SeatGeek has a value system sorted by color to let you know if you are actually getting a good deal on your tickets or not. You can sort by best value, lowest price, and more. Now here's the best part. If you use code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Attend your next unforgettable sporting event or concert by checking out SeatGeek today. Again, use promo code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, and get $20 off your first order.